three, two, one. Welcome to Mad Gains Live. I'm your host, Cassandra Gaines. Happy Freight Friday. We're here again, ladies and gentlemen. It is beautiful Las Vegas. We are here at the Lean Mastermind event at Resort Worlds in Las Vegas. I feel bad for anybody who's not here. I'm sorry. It's so fun. We've got Super Bowl parties. We've got panels. We've got great discussions. And of course, we've got Freight Friday alcohol. I'm very excited to introduce my guest here. So first, everybody knows Hannah. So we're going to pause on Hannah for a minute. Brent, yes. could you introduce yourself to everybody <laughs> and pretend that, and also pretend that nobody knows Truck Stop as well? Oh my goodness. In what way? Like, like they're like, what is Truck Stop? Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. So fantastic. You oh, and I'm, Truck Stop. I'm happy to do that. Well, first, it's great to be here with you, you and Hannah, my, my good friend. And so uh, I'm Brent Hutto. I'm the chief relationship guy at Truck Stop. People call me the chief fun guy which uh, I have the best job in all of America, which I get to go out and talk to everybody inside of freight transportation. And I just talked to them about uh, what's important about it and how we can help their business. Truck Stop was founded a long time ago, as far as technology is concerned, 27 years ago. And we help small carriers and brokers in the industry move freight. That's basically what we do. We connect the technology and the data together to make it easy for them to transact and move freight. And uh, I do, I, I really, I get up every day, Cassandra, and. I don't ever feel like I go to work because I know what I get to do is to help people accomplish their dreams because it's a big dream of small carriers and, and people that get in the brokerage industry to kind of own their own business and run their own business. And we get to do uh, business with so many thousands of them and every day just fires me up to be able to, to be able to do that and help them achieve their dreams. So I, I got the best job in America. I do. I love yeah, that. Yeah, man. It's awesome. All right. So now I'm going to transition to my best friend, you guys, and my favorite go. person. You come back again. Thank you for coming back. I didn't know if we scared you away last year in Vegas, but you're back. Yay. Hannah, for those of you, for those people who do not know you, could you introduce yourselves? And also, if you could tell us a little bit about Amazon. Sure. Uh, so Hannah McClellan and um, I joined Amazon Transportation Services back in 2017 uh, and have been there for the past, what, five, five and a half years um, and have been leading Amazon Freight, which is our external trucking company, for about the past uh, three years. And um, yeah, the first half of my career at Amazon was uh, was all on the consumer side. So, you know, I think of like the Amazon store as, as in consumers know it um, before I moved over to Worldwide Ops. So uh, I appreciate that you think you have the best job in America. Um, I would throw my name in the hat. I think, um, you know, working at Amazon on the consumer side for so long, I felt so connected to yeah. just the general population and all of our, our uh, shopping customers. And yeah. so I always said I kind of traded shoppers for shippers when I moved into yeah. ops um, and didn't really know what to expect. And I think I I have felt the same kind of connection with yeah. the industry um, that you that you described. Uh, so I may not be you know serving our, our shoppers anymore, but um, just thinking about you know everyone from our shipper customers um, to uh, you know the folks that um, that drive for us. Uh, it's it's uh, it's a really neat way I think to apply everything I learned in Amazon product management and tech um, mm -hmm. to a completely you know new and different industry mm -hmm. at least for me. So that's a great feeling. Yeah. It's a great feeling. So. Um, all right, so so today, you guys, we're going to talk about how to drive efficiency, but still meet uh, your customers' expectations. Yeah. And that's a big theme here at this event, at this Mastermind event. Lean is one of those companies that helps uh, mm -hmm. a lot of companies in this industry drive efficiency and meet their customers' expectations. So that's a big theme going on. But mm -hmm. today, and we'll get to that topic in just a moment, but I want to talk about some personal items oh, that yeah. I love doing. So first of all, Hannah, okay. This was not on the pre. No, it was not. <laughs> She's gone off script. It wasn't the pre at all. So, okay, what I know about, well, I know everything about Hannah, but Hannah 
is, um, I don't know if you guys know this, but she's a math genius. She went to these amazing schools. She went to MIT and she goes to Amazon, works with like the best and most brilliant. Mm -hmm. And then they toss her into freight. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I want to know, Hannah, what did you think when you started working in freight and you were like, what's going on and getting the hang of things? Mm -hmm. And what did you think of the industry in general? And were you, did you enjoy it? Were you terrified? Were you like, oh my God, this is a hot mess. What is <laughs> going on like give me some of your thoughts i'm just imagining little hannah like i think your perception of how i felt walking into freight and my perception were like completely different completely really different because uh, you know again spending a lot of time at amazon but working in different jobs you're moving from one business to another but largely the vernacular is the same like the basic flywheel and the, you know the playbook that we use to run the business is the same i moved over into to freight and i actually remember uh telling someone at one point like I don't, I just don't even understand anything they say. I don't know the acronyms. I don't know the, what's a bobtail. Like I knew <laughs> nothing. Um, and so, you know, kind of walked in feeling pseudo smart. And, uh, and then, you know, I, I was like, I'm adding no value whatsoever. And, and it, it was, it was a good, like, I would say very steep learning curve for me. Um, and at one point the, you know, I, I, I guess I did, I did eventually like learn the lingo and, and start to understand what was going on. And, uh, and I think when the, the switch flipped for me was when I recognized that heading into it, I thought I was going from, you know, north to south, left to right, like completely different space. And then suddenly I realized that this industry was in so much, you know, need, I think, of the type of uh, Amazon, we would say, customer focused product development um, and reinvention um, that Amazon has made its name, you know, doing in, in other uh, sectors. Um, and so all of a sudden I realized actually not that different like again shippers instead of shoppers and you know it, it's obviously much more operational than maybe some of the, the work i had done in the retail side but um uh it was once i learned what you guys were talking about then the transition was like way more seamless than i think i ever imagined all right that was a lot of credit given to our industry from that because i imagine her being like oh my lord this is a shit show and i'm going to clean it all up and own it just kidding okay okay so now yeah. on to brent yep. um acdc i wore my acdc shirt today i actually found this at a thrift shop it's one of my favorite shirts acdc it's not that's so not you got kiss want. on that shirt there hey, last time uh, i so checked have another drink I mean, Sandra. I mean, just keep drinking just keep going. It actually, and and I would like to tell you that AC, my ACDC shirt is yeah. my favorite shirt. Is it okay. really? Yeah. Who doesn't love some so ACDC? The, uh, I love ACDC. Okay, Kiss. You guys, for those of you who are just yeah. listening, I'm actually wearing a Kiss shirt. <laughs> 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 transition. And it's a great shirt. I found this one in a thrift shop too. <laughs> and I'm just going to keep on drinking, fucking this all up. <laughs> That's what I have you guys for, to just keep me polished and keep me going. But the second you saw this shirt, what yes. did you tell me? Oh my gosh, that was the first concert. What I told you was, I love the shirt. And it was because it was the first concert that I went to. And, and how old uh, were you? And I know, everyone gets shocked by this. Yep. I went in the fourth grade to see Kiss, uh, 1976. I went with my older brother who was in the sixth grade. And believe it or not, my super cool five foot one inch, 100 pound mom went with us. And it was just so much fun. And um, I, I, as a kid, I remember sitting there going, what is that funny smell I smell all over the place? <laughs> and, and, and my mom, it was really funny. My, my brother knew. and I, yeah, oh she yeah, knew. she knew what it was. <laughs> and, but my mom, when we were going the door, this is when the general admission was the big deal. 
So it's me, fourth grade, my brother, sixth grade, and my mom. This is 1976, general admission. We're all crowded up to the door. My brother drops his ticket because, you know, we wanted to hold our tickets as, as little boys because we were, you know, we oh wanted to act gosh. like big, big people. And so he drops his ticket and we get to the door. They won't let my mom in. She's like begging them. These are my kids. They're yelling. Let us all in. It's like, no. And so my mom says, here, Randy, my brother, take my ticket. Y'all go inside. I'll stand here and get that inside. Like the coolest mom I'm like, so the coolest ever. mom ever, ever. She used to come to Auburn when I was at school and slam dance when we'd have band stuff. So she's still, still the coolest ever. So my mom, of course, she's not going to let her two little boys stand inside by themselves. Two minutes later, my mom's there with us. I'm like, how'd you get in? She goes, they're not going to keep me out. No, and my mom's been that way her, her whole out. life. So, yeah, but Kiss is a big deal. Uh, What's her name? Um, Donna. Donna Marie. Cheers yeah, here's the Donna. Cheers that's Donna. right. Hands down. <laughs> here's the Donna Donna's Marie. awesome. Yeah, she's the best. My, my kids, my six children call her Gigi. Aww. So that's her name, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Um, well, she's the best. So Kiss is a big deal. It's one, what's that first big band? That, Led Zeppelin, and uh, Jefferson Starship were the oh. first three big bands were that, that were cool to me. And what was your first concert? Michael Jackson. Oh, yeah. Which I would also, I have to give That's my the, yeah. mom a shout yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, I was five. Was oh, you beat me. Yes. <laughs> I was five and Michael Jackson came to Knoxville, Tennessee, wow. where I grew up. That's so and it cool. was the first time Nayland Stadium had ever let someone do a concert wow. in Nayland Stadium. Because so like, that's hallowed ground. It is. Yeah, it's hallowed ground. Yeah. Moment of punishment. <laughs> um, and they let him build a stage. And I think my mom and her then at the time, yeah, you know, yeah. best friend who also had a daughter my age, they were like, we gotta yeah. go. And so we went and I, I mean, you don't really remember things from your, I have like bits mm -hmm, and just mm -hmm, flashes of mm -hmm. that. Um, but I yeah. bet that was magical. Oh, yeah. And I like, sure. I love my mom too. Oh my yeah, God. I love your mom. Cheers to Martha. Cheers to Martha. We got here's to Martha. We call her Moo. Her Moo. I love it. Adorable. I love it. <laughs> but back to Grace. Back to Frank. <laughs> so we do. Pays the bills. We do, yes, we do have to talk about things that I, I you know, often everyone's thinking yeah. about this. They're thinking mm -hmm. about the market. They're mm -hmm. watching what mm -hmm. everybody's saying on mm -hmm. TV. They're watching what everybody's yeah, yeah. reading these analyst reports, mm -hmm. which are usually wrong. And we've been hearing the doomsday and now things are leveling out a bit. So we don't know what to expect. So the questions I have for you both are very similar, but in a way very different. So I'll start with you, Hannah. So for Amazon, we're always interested in what's going on with Amazon. I know you're like, I live with it every day, but at the rest of us are like, what is Amazon up to? So for you in 2023 for Amazon and the freight team, how are you driving efficiency, but still meeting your customer demands and and uh, and those types of initiatives. Good question. I think, um, well, anytime you put an Amazon executive in an interview and ask them about their strategy, we're always going to say we start with the customer and work backwards. Uh, smart. And it sounds boilerplate, like it's as true today as it was 12 years ago. Uh, but I think when I think about this year and, and certainly what we've heard uh, most recently from our shipper customers, uh, you know, unsurprisingly, it all comes mm -hmm. back to pricing and, and you know, everyone just kind of watching the financials of their business. And so I think we're a tech company, uh, so when we think about like how can we best um, how can we best address and manage uh, both our own costs and then the prices that we surface, uh, probably three areas come to mind. I think number one, um, uh, looking at how we optimize matching our supply to our demands. We have different sources of capacity, both in terms of you know dedicated Amazon freight partners and our relay drivers, and then you know all the way out to um, uh, even you know our intermodal uh, part of the business. Um, and so making sure that, you know, and, and the routing algorithm. So to me, that's just sort of core 
um, optimization part of the business. Number two would be our pricing algorithms, um, and I think that's a big that's a big investment area for us this year. And you know, ensuring that um, maybe even more so than the past that like those algorithms are taking into account rising fuel prices and they're taking into account inflation and um, and really making sure that we're setting prices both for contract and spot that are attractive to shippers but give them the flexibility to engage with us. You know, as as what's um, most comfortable and, and and best for them. Um, and then lastly, I think. Uh, probably an area we underinvested in, like in the in the you know recent past, and are and are looking to correct, and that's using tech to ensure that um, you know in an inevitably variable and, and disruption prone industry that we have communication tech that will allow our drivers and our shippers and us um, to be in relatively seamless communication, so that when disruptions do happen, we can recover quickly. Because mm-hmm. um, no matter how good your pricing is, like disruptions are costly for everybody. So mm-hmm. those are probably three. And then, you know, the the fourth one I'd call out that's harder to put a dollar figure around though. Um, but when I think about like, what do we talk to shippers about and what makes, you know, Amazon pretty special um, is safety. Uh, and so you've probably heard me say it before, but uh, in this year we are putting upwards of a billion dollars into Various safety tech and safety operational improvements, mm-hmm. um, primarily in our fleet. Like, and and so think of you know just super smart trailers with sensors that have everything to do with lights and cargo stability and braking systems, um, weight, uh, so that we can catch things uh, and catch risks before they happen. So I think between lower prices and higher safety, that's what we're trying to come out with this year. That's a lot. Tell me a little bit more about the driver, the communication piece. So what does that look like? Sure. Um, well, so we have um, we have our relay app. Uh, and so you know, anyone hauling um, uh, one of Amazon's trailers is like their connectivity to us is through um, is through the relay app. And and, uh, and then, you know, they have the ability uh, to both communicate with um, uh, their shipper to let them know of you know anything that might be um, either delaying them or if they have a question and you know they, they think they're there um, and then also making sure you know I would say some of it is like seamless um, so it's they don't know they're communicating with us but uh, you know we can we can pick up on you know if uh, if we anticipate they're not going to make it where they need to be on time um, and then just you know it's it's a mix of I would say tech and then you know manual operations we have we have a relay operations center um, in Phoenix uh, that is you know manned by um, really is gonna the heart and soul of of what you know keeps keeps Amazon freight running, which is you know a, a number of a team of associates um, that responds and manages to those disruptions. So when we can automatically resolve them, great. Um, you know, if not, uh, then you know drivers have in their hands the ability to both connect with either the shipper or you know our support team to get the help they need on the road. I love that, and I think we're hearing constantly at different uh, platforms and on different podcasts mm-hmm. the importance of visibility, and customers want to know where their freight is, and drivers want to know how they can resolve things. So that is powerful. We've built that in. Um, and so, okay, I'm going to switch to Brent because we mm. only have a few minutes left. The cool. time flies. Doesn't so it? tell time. me about how, how Chuck stops driving efficiency um, yeah. and, and, and meeting the expectations of their customers because you have a diverse group of customers. We do. That's a good way to put it. It's, it's always interesting sitting with a leader like Hannah and Amazon and hearing what their challenges are and hearing what they're, how they're trying to solve them. And when you're a major player in a segment, a leader in a segment like Amazon is, and Truck Stop's a leader in their segment. And when you have almost no real competitors from the standpoint, and Amazon's sort of in that same boat as well. No. Um, huh? <laughs> well, I'm talking about from the standpoint of size. Yes, yeah, so, so uh, you have competitors, but, but yeah, I, I realize that, I realize that. 
what I'm saying, what I, I say real, I just mean there's there's scope and scale to everything that goes on. And so, and um, and by the way, I'm, I'm happy that Hannah's in the industry because we need more smart mathematics people we solving do. those problems. And in the last 10 years, you've seen this marketplace move forward really, really fast mm-hmm. with um, people outside of the industry finding this industry very compelling and interesting and, yes. and seeing problems that are worth solving. Yes. You know, you, you don't go to MIT and you just you don't just join some business about a paycheck. You go, oh, I want to solve a problem because of the way in which you go about and go about uh, your life and what's significant to you. And so at Truck Stop, we and got I, the same sorry, thing. Sorry, I have to interrupt yep. you for one second. Yeah. Just to- just to piggyback on that, yeah. when I was at the Manifest Conference, yeah. um, there were, uh, despite the market, there were, I don't even startup tech guys walking mm-hmm. around saying, um, you know, oh, I'm just here to build on ideas. I have funding, yeah. but I'm yeah. just looking for ideas yeah. in the transportation industry. Um, and I, it still was baffling me. I'm like, wow, wow we're mm-hmm. still going. But go ahead. And I have hundreds of conversations in my position with the company. I'm the leading person that, that talks to all the people that are new in the industry that want to partner with us, do something unique. And it's always fun listening to what problems are trying to solve. But for us, we service two basic customers. We service a very small carrier, mm-hmm. a lot of times known as an owner operator, a mm-hmm. guy or a girl that owns one to 10 trucks in that category. So they're very, very small businesses and they have somewhat uncomplex approaches to it, but they have to have a technology that applies to it because if we don't if we don't create it and supply it to them, they don't go create it themselves. And then you kind of go over to the other side where you have the brokerage side of the marketplace and the three PLs. And they're just a litany of a, somebody who works at a kitchen table, and tries to move freight to the largest publicly traded billion dollar companies. And you got tech that has to apply all across that spectrum. And then you have to take that tech and match it to the carriers over here who are, for the most part, low tech, mm-hmm. the best professionals at moving freight on the planet, mm-hmm. but low tech from a standpoint of their need. And th- then you have to put it into a system where it all works. And yeah. it all has to work lightning fast. So the best freight on truck stop, move, it's got all the data in it, including the pricing and everything else, it moves in 60 seconds or less. So if you don't have all the data sitting right in front of you and you can look at it and you're a carrier, you miss it, yeah. which means you may miss that more profitable load. So we have to take data and connect it all together for two parties that in some cases don't inherently trust each other a whole lot. It's getting a lot better because of the transparency of data. Um, we kind of started that in 1995 and we made it transparent for everybody. We, mm-hmm. we believe that fundamentally that everybody deserves transparency. So be able to do that to provide efficiency in the market from a standpoint of prescriptives, what is the easy pathway for them to be able to communicate and get freight moving? So that's really what we work on. We work on it every day with for carriers and brokers. And the more we do that, the better freight moves and the more happy Hannah is, which is a very important to me. Oh, see, you see how this panel's going? I like that's it. it. <laughs> so um, we just have a few minutes left, but yeah. I do want to I do want to ask you if you're if you're willing to share sure. what what is the market looking like? Because you your company almost has a thumb right on the pulse. Yeah, we do. Yeah. And so yeah. what are you anticipating for this year and what are you yeah. seeing? in comparison to what we're just hearing. Yeah, well, I'm happy to talk about that. And I do that almost every week when I speak. I just left a conference in Amelia Island since I flew across the country. I spoke on the same thing there. What happened in, um, if you listen, I'll take you back to 2018, 2019, which was the biggest market we had in 38 years. And everyone was like, oh, this is so incredible. It's fantastic. So it was about a distance of about this far. Okay, maybe this far, but this far. So that was 2018, 2019. And the way it came back down to normal was an angle of it like this. All right, and so, and I'm just using hand gestures here for, for ease. The pandemic started in 2020 and went through the end of 2022. And its its length was like this long. Yeah. And it was the biggest market we've ever had in 40 years. It's yeah. the, the biggest thing ever. And because 
customer consumer behavior changed. Our our lives changed. Yeah. And so purchasing changed and everything changed. So all that stuff has to get moved by truck. In January of 2022, it started pivoting back down, and I'll use my hand again, at the same angle as 2019, just like this, at the mm. same angle coming back down. And then in August, it leveled out to where we are today. And by the way, it's a normal marketplace. Yep. No one needs to jump off a cliff. I hope everybody hears that, there's no, say There's that. no super problems. <laughs> and I'll give you just a, here's, here's the, the normal rate in the market, in the spot market is about $2.20. And that's over a five-year span. We're at, last week, we were at $2.46. Mm. Yes, that has fuel in it, which is causing headaches for a lot of small carriers, but it's still at a profitable rate. Now, that, that takes into consideration that the truck driver or the person that owns the truck is operating with efficiency. Mm -hmm. That's super important. When, when diesel fuel is as high as it is and it's your major cost, if you're not efficient, you're losing out. And then, of course, you got to negotiate the fuel surcharge index well enough. But the point being is the marketplace is behaving completely normal. It's been at this level since August. And it's been on a plateau that's been going for almost five months now, six months now. And it doesn't look like it's going to change. The first quarter is, is historically the lull market. Yep, and then we start coming out in, in, in March and mm -hmm. uh, April to the market expanding back. But it's still not going to go back to 2022. It's going to be a normal marketplace. But watch. And here's the biggest thing to watch. So we've had four capacity crises in the last 18 years, 19 years. They've all been driven by government regulation, mm -hmm. every single one of them. People say, oh, the pandemic wasn't, that was a health thing. It was our government asking us government. to behave a certain way. Yep. So it's a government regulation on the entire populace. But the point being is that when things behave normally, normally you don't want to freak out because we see a lot of data and we compare that data to the whole market data. We use our friend of freight, friends of freight waves as well. We, we, we love our friendship with them. And so just to compare all those together, and when things are behaving normally, you just kind of go, okay, how do I need to adjust? Mm -hmm. Are we going to have a recession? Likely. When any market runs as high as it does for as long as it does, you're going to have inflation. It's going to correct. The Federal uh, Reserve Board's going to correct it. And, and we're going to move back down. It probably won't be very long. It's probably going to be sometime middle of the second quarter. That's what most of the pundits are talking about. But still won't be that difficult. And the marketplace will keep moving on because, and here's the most important thing, Full truckload freight is not forecasted to go below the norm. So the norm of its growth, so it won't go below the norm. If it goes below the norm, look out. We may have a bad recession, but it's not projected to. Super important to look at. So we share this all the time because we want the marketplace to know because we're transparent with data. We want to make sure people can uh, adjust accordingly. Powerful information. Well, it's important to look us. at. I'm not a data nerd, but I'm a math nerd, just like this. Like <laughs> super math nerd. And uh, so I, if you can just look at the numbers, you go. Well, the numbers one plus one still equal in two. I'm going to be okay. I'm still going to have freight to move in the marketplace. It's going to be a challenge. This is trucking. Yeah, it's never it normal. It is always a challenge. It's never normal. So yeah, so that's sort of the long explanation. I appreciate you being patient with me, letting me to explain it. No, that's kind of that. what's going on. Yeah, I'm going to. We're going to go a few minutes over just so I can make sure to ask Hannah because it's one of my oh, questions yeah. on my list for Hannah okay. that I wanted to ask. Which is, I'm always in the world of Amazon. How do you yeah. handle? You know, the unknown, the volatile market, yeah. the transportation world of going up and down. What is Amazon's approach with these types of uh, scenarios? Well, that outlook made me feel a lot more warm well, and fuzzy. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. I kind of want to give him a hug. Um, I would say, so uh, late, like last year, you know, Jeff Bezos was speaking on the status of just economy in general. And I remember he said, you know, it's probably time for consumers and companies to batten down the hatches. Uh, and when Jeff Bezos speaks, we take that pretty seriously at sure. Amazon. And, and so I, I heard he's important. <laughs> interpreting what that might mean, you know, even for just us and freight, mm -hmm. I think it really pushes us to uh, figure out the right overlay between 
uh, customer obsession, which, mm-hmm. you know, is our, mm-hmm. uh, our kind of like tenant number one, um, but mm-hmm. frugality and how do I do more than less uh, with less? And so if you put those two together, you're kind of left with, well, I guess I just shouldn't spend money on things that don't matter to customers, I think is, mm-hmm. is what we took away That's from that. Point. And so, um, you know, in a year like this one, I think we are being uh, you know, smart and um, and you know, cautiously optimistic mm-hmm. um, uh, with uh, with the investments that we're making. Having said that, I would say the other significant and you know core piece of Amazon's DNA is long term thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we always say we're in it for the long term. Yes. We play the long game. And so, you know, saying that we don't spend money on things that don't matter to customers doesn't mean that in 2023 we're not going to innovate and we're not going to okay. experiment and we're not going to you know uh, uh, place bets. Um, we may place fewer, more confident bets and, you know, potentially like pool, you know, more resources behind the bets that we make. Um, but I, I share your, you know, long-term optimism, yeah. like this too shall pass. Uh, if you don't like volatility, probably in the wrong industry. Yeah, no industry. doubt. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we want to be ready uh, when, you know, when it's time to grow again. So um, I would say that's how we're thinking about it. Can I, I wish... point out one other quick oh, thing? This is, this is what's really cool. Right. So I was, no, no, no. I'm just hanging out with two cool people. (laughs) But uh, that's what makes me cool. So, uh, and I have four daughters, which makes me even cooler. So, um, what was really interesting, and when you look at market analysts, and look, they analyze everything to death. They They get more quants than anybody else. And so you just look at what's the overall optimism on that end. And and I heard uh, one of the guys who runs economics for Forbes talk about this. He said there's three reasons why America won't experience a really deep recession. Number one is, the American population has more savings now than in a long time. That is time. true. So, mm-hmm. so you weather bad storms better when you have more, you know, to offer to the market. Mm-hmm. So you have more. So you have more cash in your bank. Number two, businesses have more cash right now because of the previous month. So they can mm-hmm. weather the storm. You know who else has more cash than anybody else right now? Banks. You talk about wanting to look at look at how how's money going to react. So you have those three things together, mm-hmm. and it, it just gives you an idea that it's, it's probably not going to be near as bad. Plus, our economy is still running fairly well against mm-hmm. things. And I I think about like a lot of people looking at the layoffs that are going on right now. And I think what happened, what you see is a lot of these businesses tried to employ as many as they could to take on the surge, just like trucking trucking companies did to every to take on the surge because they had to be able to satisfy the customer need. Yep, they want to be 100%. customer obsessed. They mm-hmm. they they want to follow the Amazon method, and so. But now that that's come down to normal, those people aren't, are, are not efficient. And it's not that they're not efficient, but the, using those resources aren't efficient. So this yep. has to change. And that's unfortunate for a lot of people in the market. But it's the way companies continue to transition themselves so they can still stay customer obsessed and, and service the customer the best. So, so it's just kind of keep moving along in a normal marketplace. I could talk to you guys for hours. Well, thank you. I think you guys are both so intelligent and have such a unique perspective on the market. Um, I wish we could go on for hours, but we have a conference to go to. We have Las Vegas <laughs> to right. enjoy. We have alcohol That's to right. drink That's and right. trouble to start. So we will see you guys next Friday and stay tuned for next year's Lean Mastermind Conference so you can join us with all the fun. Thank you for staying in with us. Here we go.